Good morning, church. How are we all doing? Good. Go ahead and take out your Bibles and your notes. Is it fun helping people pay rent during pandemics and stuff? Way to go. So fun. So proud to be a part of this body doing that. So thank you so much for giving and participating with that. Open up to Mark chapter 1. Uh, as you open up your Bible, take out your notes. We're a note-taking church. I've got to get my notes turned on. Here we go. I want to uh, start off this morning by just giving myself a shout-out for wearing a collared shirt today. <laughs> Nobody's really even noticed, and I was a little sad. I thought, uh, actually, I was impressed. Me and Sam both have a collared shirt on today on the same day. I, was laughing. I genuinely don't think that's ever happened in the history of our church, but dress for success, right, Sam? Here we are. My wife said she liked it, so it goes on, you know? And uh, Darius collared shirt today, Mark collared shirt tonight, Jordan, all of our pastors have collared shirts on today. So if you didn't come ready for revival, then you didn't come ready because we all got called Jack Frisbee, making sure he gets his shout out. All right, Mark. And wow, look at us, a well-dressed church today. <laughs> Luca Lange Bartles has a collared shirt on today. I saw him back in kids. Amazing. We got, oh my gosh. Maybe this should like be a thing, you know? going back to t-shirts next week for sure. Anybody had a wild decade so far? <laughs> I'm glad we've been in it together though. Way to go team. We've made it this far. It's like almost September. We're almost through the almost the beginning part. <laughs> Man, it's been wild. But I was so encouraged this week just as I was praying for our time together, getting ready to be together, looking back on the decade so far, looking back on this year. And in all of the things that have been crazy, I am encouraged to see that God has so clearly been speaking to us all along the way. And it's one of those things where I, don't really, I didn't really notice it necessarily in the moment, but as I look back, I'm like, wow, God has been speaking to us. Even if I just think about our time here on Sunday mornings, we started off the year with a, a bunch of weeks talking about our word for the year, our word for the decade. The gloves are off, having no idea what that would mean, still not totally sure, but it sure seems right. And uh, just an amazing time talking about the, the gloves being off of our God, the gloves being off of ourselves as we reach out to God, as God reaches out to us. We have talked a few weeks about what's the Bible, did an overview of the Bible. We've talked about how to apply that to this cultural moment that we find ourselves in all along the way. And my point is, as I look forward, I don't know what the road holds, but if the testimony of looking back is anything, God's going to be with us every step of the way. So I'm encouraged by that right now. So uh, I want to encourage you with that as we get going this morning. Mark chapter 1. If you're there, say I'm there. Way to go. Mark chapter 1. We're going to go ahead and stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning. Go ahead and stand up. I know some of you got a lot in your hands, and I'm sorry about that. But it's going to be a quick one this morning. we got two whole verses. Two whole verses. Last week I just baptized you in the Bible, so I figured we'd take a breath this week. <laughs> Mark Chapter 1, verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus came. Do you know Jesus comes? Amen. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. You know, God has good news this morning, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Change your mind and believe this good news. I'm going to pray for us as we get going this morning. Jesus, we do love you, and we thank you that you are the one who comes. And we thank you that you have come. You are here, and we ask you to come. <laughs> we ask you to be among us, Lord. We invite you 
in Jesus' name. And we take, uh, just take seriously the fact that you are alive today. As we prayed at the beginning of the service, you are alive, you are good, you are here. And that means that we ought not leave here the same way we showed up. And so we sign ourselves up right here, right now, saying, Jesus, we follow you where you're taking us. As we look back, we say thank you for being with us. As we look forward, we have faith that you will be with us as you always are. We thank you, Jesus, for being in this place. We thank you that you know every single person in this room, every single person watching online right now. Lord, you know us. You know where we're at. You know the questions we're asking, the difficulties we're in, the things we're encouraged about. We say Thank you, Jesus. We rest on you, Jesus. Not me as a pastor, this sermon, or even this program as a Sunday morning thing to be at. We are thankful, but we lean on Jesus. We lean on you this morning, and in your name, we take authority over everything that would distract us or would come to steal from us or kill us or destroy us, and we say, let the kingdom of God come in Jesus' name on earth as it is in heaven. We expect to hear from you right now through your word in our time together. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. Amen. Mark chapter 1. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Believe in the gospel. Everybody believe in Jesus this morning. I'm going to preach a message to you this morning. You can write this at the top of your notes. Got a question for you. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for is what I want to share with you along the thought of that this morning. Mark chapter 1, in the very beginning, obviously, the book of Mark, Mark's gospel, Mark's account of the life and ministry of Jesus. And here in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 we see right at the beginning of Mark's gospel, Jesus is bursting on the scene with his public ministry, making an announcement that he, in fact, has come. And right from the start, here we see in Mark 1, 14 and 15, Jesus, Jesus is different. He's a different kind of guy. You know those people in your life, you're like, that's different. It's a nice way of saying something else. I'm not exactly sure what, but he's different. Jesus is different. And and he doesn't really stop being different at Mark chapter 1. He doesn't just start off different and then become kind of normal. He stays different. Jesus is kind of always, he's always different. It's sort of, you could say, Jesus, Jesus is different. And, and as his life and ministry goes on, it gets worse. It gets worse how different he is. You know, if, if you look at the prophecies about Jesus, about the Messiah, about who would come, if you look at the prophecies, Jesus was exactly who God promised he would be. But if you look at the people, you'll see that he wasn't, at all what people expected. Exactly who he promised to be, but not at all what people expected. If you look back at the prophecies, that he's a, he's a descendant of David. He was born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem. He was healing the sick. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him to proclaim liberty for the captives, the favor of the Lord, to bring joy instead of mourning. He did all of these things. He, he even rode into town on a donkey. It's like that's kind of a hard one to miss. He was betrayed, he was beaten, he was crucified, he raised from the dead. Again, kind of a, a tough one to miss. Exactly what he said. He did it all. He did all of these things and so much more, just like he said he, was, said he would. But still, Jesus was not what people expected. And Jesus so often is nothing what we expect, even when he's exactly who he promises to be. Just... Uh, just because nothing is going 
as we expected it to go doesn't mean that Jesus isn't exactly who he has said he will always be. Can I encourage you this morning? Just because the road I'm on doesn't look like the road I thought or doesn't look like the way I thought the road would look doesn't mean I'm not exactly where Jesus wants me to be. Be encouraged this morning. If you look two verses ahead of these verses, it, talk, it says that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Don't nod like that sounds good. <laughs> like, what's up with that? Like the Holy Spirit led Jesus straight to the devil. <laughs> what's up with that? But Jesus wants to show us that even when the road's not like what we want it to look like, he still is exactly who he says he is going to be. Even when we find ourselves in battles we didn't expect to be in, we need to know we have everything that we need. I want to encourage you this morning. This year is a little different. Am I right? That's a nice way of saying something else. This year's been different. This season in your life is, is different. Different makes me nervous. Which probably means it makes Jesus nervous too. I bet Jesus is nervous. Because it's different because I'm nervous. But Jesus is different. Jesus is different too. So when you're scared and nervous about what's different, be encouraged. Jesus is different too. Tell the thing that's scaring you because it's different. Jesus, Hey, whatever. You can scare me all you want, but my Jesus is different too. And it all started right here at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Right here in Mark chapter 1. The time is fulfilled... The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Just act like for a second you didn't grow up in church, you never heard these verses before, and you're not supposed to be quiet in church for just a second and pretend everything makes perfect sense. Just pretend for a second. Let's, let's have church a little different this morning. Let's be like super honest and be like some dude walks down a dirty road in Galilee. Hey, the time is fulfilled. Like, oh boy, here we go. One of these guys. <laughs> the kingdom of God is at hand. Like, I thought he'd look cleaner than that. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Everyone's looking around like, which good news? I'm still in the same spot I was four seconds ago before you showed up and said this. I still got the same problems I've got before you showed up a few seconds ago in your dirty robe with your dirty feet, with your name I've never heard before. The time is fulfilled. I'm still waiting on something. I was waiting on something else. Not, not you to walk down the road and tell me it's all good. Everyone was expecting a king. Everybody's expecting a king. We know through the Old Testament, God prophesied and promised a king who would, who would come to rule. We were promised a king, but we didn't expect a king like this. The Messiah was supposed to be a, a political king. Again, we're going to have to really use our imagination in church. Because I know this is what I'm, what, what I'm trying to connect with here. I know you can't imagine it. It's like a really ancient Bible contextual thing. But like imagine for just a second if everybody around you was expecting that there would like be some Messiah to come who would finally be put into the highest office of the land. And once we finally got this perfect person into the right seat, all of our problems would go away. Just imagine for a second being in a society looking for that, waiting for that, hoping for that, fighting for that. But instead they get Jesus. 
See, that's the leaven of Herod we were talking about last week. The Messiah, he, he, was, he was supposed to be this cultural icon, this religious icon. He was supposed to be like that. And, and, and again, I know it's tough for you to imagine, for, but for just a second, let's use our imagination in church. Imagine, imagine what it would be like if everyone was looking around for some Messiah figure who would be this, uh, this cultural, religious icon who everybody would look up to. And the best part about him, what he would be is show, he would show up and he would affirm everything about me. He would affirm everything about the things I believe in, the way that I believe him, and all my traditions are right, and my culture is right, my religion is right, because I'm the one that's right, and I just need the Messiah to come and tell me about how right I am, because I'm right, and everybody else is wrong, and if everyone else would just see how right I am, then everything would be all right. But instead, they get Jesus. That's the leaven of the Pharisees we were talking about last week. See, that's what they were waiting for, but instead... They got Jesus walking down a dusty road in Galilee. The time is now. The kingdom of God that you've been waiting for, it's here. Believe it. Believe it. The time is now. The kingdom, everything you've been waiting for is here. And man, doesn't he choose his next word perfectly? Repent. Repent, that, that word repent, that's one of those really big, scary religious words that we've made really big and scary in church, when instead it should be one of our favorite words in the whole entire world. It means change your mind. Change your mind. Change your mind. The way you've been thinking, what he's trying to say is you've been thinking that what you need to do is lean on your expectations. But I need you to change your mind and lean on the fact that I'm always exactly who I said I would be even when I don't line up with your expectations. Change your mind. Change your mind. Stop waiting on all your expectations to be fulfilled. Stop waiting on everything to look like you thought it was going to look like. Stop waiting on everything to be what you hope it would be. Turn your mind around and look at me and believe. Repent and believe. Change your thinking. Change the way you've been believing, the way you've been perceiving. I'm right here. I'm here. But if you don't let go of your expectations, you're going to miss everything you need. That's what he says when he says repent. If you don't change your expectations, if you don't change the way you're thinking, you're going to miss everything that you've been needing because I'm here. The time is up. I'm right here. I'm right here. I really believe that most of the world that is familiar with Jesus is familiar with an incomplete Jesus. And an incomplete Jesus. And to be super honest in church, I'm not just talking about everybody outside of church. <laughs> Most of the Christianity that we are familiar with is focused on getting you into heaven when you die. Most of Jesus was focused on getting heaven through you today. I don't mean the wrong Jesus. I don't mean a different Jesus. I'm just talking about an incomplete Jesus. See, we have all these expectations, we have all these traditions, we have all these norms, we have this old normal, and I wonder if God's shaking up some norms in our lives. I wonder if God's trying to change some of our old expectations. I wonder if God's trying to make something that we used to hold on so closely to shake a little bit so that we can see it can't be leaned on, and we need to learn to lean on something else. We need to learn to lean, on, not on our expectations, but on Jesus being exactly 
who he says he will always be. I wonder if we need to repent, if we need to change our minds on some things in these days. Not just make it through it, but come through change. I don't want to just make it through COVID. I need to come through change. Can I preach in church? See, we expect so little from Jesus. But then Jesus comes down the road. And he starts saying things we didn't expect him to say. And if we hold too closely to our certain expectations, we'll miss exactly what we're hoping for. He shows up and he says things like, I want you to pray like this. God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, how do we pray when you pray is powerful? I want you to pray like this. Pray like this. Pray like you think it's going to happen. Because that's how I pray, and you like what's happening when I pray it. You want to know how I'm praying? God, let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus comes down the road and says stuff like this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you, my followers, I want you to go. Go and spread this everywhere. Go and give this everywhere you go. In every sphere of life that you find yourself in, expect everything that you've seen me to do. Actually, what I want you to do is I want you to go do the works I've done, but actually, while you're at it, just do some greater works. <laughs> yeah, let's not pretend like, oh, yeah, greater works. That makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me, but it still says it. <laughs> For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's different. Like I'm a child, like, like that's the position. And I'm talking to you ladies too. He's talking about positional thing, not a gender thing. Come on, somebody. <laughs> For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So you are not obligated to fall back into the things that you can fall back into. Mm. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Not, oh, God, who is so mighty and far out there. No, I need Daddy. Daddy, God, God, you say I can come in as your child. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What is God testifying about you right now? You are his child. The Holy Spirit is not the one standing in front of God right now testifying about how you really blew it this week. Oh, gosh. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That's different. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live. But the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Because you can be. I'm not throwing the carrot out there and saying, chase down that reconciliation with God. I sure hope you catch it one day. But hopefully your life will be just religious enough and you'll work hard enough. So hopefully when you die, God will be like, eh, I guess you gave it a good shot. Come on in if you have to. But you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. People want to know what's so different about Jesus. Isn't he just like everybody else? Don't religions all kind of say the same thing? You know, like there's kind of this God and then there's us. And we're like, God's like 
mainly perfect or at least way better than us, and we're like not that good. And so we, if we like have faith in this God, then we work hard enough and kind of try to always get better. Then hopefully by the time we get there, he's like, yeah, come on into paradise or heaven or whatever it is that you want to call it. Isn't that we all kind of saying the same thing? I'm telling you, Jesus is different. That's different. That's different than what people expect. That's been different than what we've been expecting. We would expect God to be like everybody else says God is, but he is way better than we think. Being a Christian is not about praying a prayer one time and then coming to church sometimes until you get to heaven someday. Being a Christian is being born again, filled with the very spirit of the living God so that you can be a part of his body here on earth, a bride that he loves and is married to so that you can see this kingdom that he came to bring on earth as it is in heaven right now. That's normal Bible definition, Jesus following. It's just different than we expect. And if that is what Jesus has called us to, if that's what we are going for, if that is what you say you believe, coming to church out of obligation anymore is not going to get us where we're called to go. Settling for warm and fuzzies from nice sermons or Instagram posts or podcasts, It's not going to cut it. It's not going to get us where we're trying to go. That can't be enough. See, people want to have, in our days, these big conversations and philosophical conversations about why, why are people leaving the church? Is God who we thought he was? Can Jesus really be everything that he says he is? And I would just, you know, why are, you, why are young people leaving the church and all of that kind of stuff? And I would just suggest that we start right where we ended last week. I would say it's because the world is hungry and in a desolate place, and too often we're not giving them something to eat. We're not giving them something to eat. See, we say, Jesus is king. He is amazing. He is everything you need. But then we add to it. But So if you could just kind of hold on real tight for a while. Hold on real tight for a little while, either like until you die or he comes back. Let's just kind of make it to one of those two things. Because when that finally happens, man, we're going to experience Jesus. and He's going to be amazing. And we finally get to get the heck out of here. Then you'll be super satisfied. That ain't nothing to eat. Jesus is different. Jesus is different than that. Jesus is different than that. Mark 1.14 tells me he's different than that. He's different than that because Jesus came. Number one, Jesus came. Jesus came. Jesus comes. He comes here. He comes to me. He comes to you. Jesus is different. Jesus comes in Mark 15. He announced when he came that the time is complete. This kingdom is here. Don't try to change me, he's saying. Repent, don't change me according to what you expect me to be. Come on, somebody. Don't change me to shape into something that you have been expecting me to be this whole time. You got to change the way you think. Don't change me, change you, right? Change the way you're thinking. Change the way that you think according to what I say. And believe. Believe, Jesus says. I figured this morning I'm just going to take a little pause, pause break right here and have a men's conference real quick. Ladies, you just need to eavesdrop on this for just a second. Just give me a second. Men, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Is this camera on? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, man? Before you start to pray, what are you waiting for to happen? 
before you start praying, before you start giving, before you start leading, before you get baptized, before you go all in on this thing, what are you waiting for, man? What are you waiting for? Why? Why? Why are you late to church every week? Why are you content sitting somewhere just kind of being in the room? Why, why is that enough? Why, why aren't you coming up for prayer at the end of service? Why aren't you engaging in the chat trying to get people there? Why aren't you? Why? Why? What are you waiting for? Why aren't you passionately worshiping for your kids to see while they're in here at church with us for this season? Why? What are you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? A feeling? A sense? I know. Easy, Andrew. Easy. Easy, Pastor. That's pretty legalistic. <laughs> That's pretty legalistic, and you can't judge people's hearts. I want to say I'm not judging anybody's heart. I'm not asking you to do it for me. I'm just asking the simple question, what are you waiting for? And if you're waiting for something, how's that going so far? How's it going? How's it going doing what you've always done? Has it gotten you where you want to go? Has it gotten your marriage where you want it to go? Has it gotten your relationship with your kids where you want it to go? Has it gotten your work ethic where you want it to go? Has it gotten your depth in God where you want to be? Has it gotten your prayer life where you hope it would go someday? How's it working so far? You don't have to answer to me. I'm just saying let's all ask the honest question. How's it actually going? How's the old normal going? What are you so scared of? What are you so scared of? Messing up? Do it. Let's mess some stuff up. God, let us stumble. Let us trip. Let us fall. But at least let us move. What are you so scared of? You're going to die. Like, this is all going to end, you know? Like, this is going to be over at some point, and, and we're going to all stand before Jesus and give an account for what we did with this new life that he has given us. And I can sit back and chill. I can. You can. You can sit back and chill. You can sit back and wait that hopefully you meet this amazing godly woman who's finally going to straighten you out. You can lean on your wife to lead your family spiritually. You can do that. That is okay. But why would okay ever be good enough? Since when? Since when would okay ever be good enough? Why would that be okay? And I get it. I don't know how. I don't know how. That's why. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how to like live out this kingdom. I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I never had somebody to show me. I don't have what it takes. I don't know how to do this. I don't, I don't get all of that. Let me hear me, hear me carefully. Same. So we can either look at each other and be like, dang, or we can do this together. You and me. You and me, man. Let's go. Let's show up here every week. Do this together. Let's show up here every week. I know nobody ever showed you how to do it. We got people here. We'll show each other. We'll show each other. Let's do this together. You and me. We're going to show up on time to church every week. We're going to show up to life group. We're going to be committed to this thing. We're going to show up to our Bibles every day. We're going to figure it out. It's scary. I don't get it. I got questions. Good. Let's read it and get more questions, but let's not sit and do nothing. See, I may not always know what I'm doing, but I know I'm not doing nothing. I'm not going to do nothing. What are you waiting for? A feeling? A moment? Why can't your moment be a moment of decision? I'm in. I'm going. You don't love work every day, but you show up every day. You don't remember what you ate for lunch three and a half weeks ago, but it filled your belly. What are we waiting for? I don't have to feel it for it to matter, for it to be real. 
You don't feel the passion for all the things that you're committed to in your life all the time, but you still stay committed because that's what men do. They follow through. They make a decision. They go with it. They figure it out. They say we're going somewhere. I don't have all the answers, but I know we can take one step. And when we fall, I can say my bad, but let's get up and go again. That's what men do. They keep going. They work it out. They get it done. That's what they do. They step up. They make a way. You're a man, and that's what men do. I'll keep going. Now it's time for a women's conference. (laughs) On behalf of all the men this morning, ladies, we dare you to outrun us. Bring it on. Let's race. Let's race. You and us, let's go. We'll race you. We'll race you to pray for the sick. We're going to race you to revival. We're going to race you to prayer first. We're going to race you to love people first. We're going to race you to humility We'll race you. We'll race you to forgiveness. We'll race you to purity. We'll race you to hunger. We'll race you to faith. We'll race you to encouraging each other. We'll race you to generosity. We'll race you to vulnerability. We'll race you. Let's go. You and us. Last one there is a rotten egg. Let's go. Let's go. I know I'm talking to you like Jesus is king this morning. I can't help it. It's not my fault. He's king. I'm talking to you like your life matters. That's not my fault. I'm talking to you like your life is short. That's not my fault. It is. I'm talking to you like it matters. I'm not trying to come at you right now, but just a little bit. (laughs) I'm talking to you like you are being raised to rule in a kingdom that people are desperate for. That's how I'm trying to talk to you this morning. Don't say Jesus is our king. Don't say Jesus is king if church is optional. Being on time doesn't matter, but you won't miss the game. Don't say Jesus is king. Don't say Jesus is king if we'll save up to buy something we want, go on a vacation we want to go to before we'll tithe. Don't, I'm just saying, we, don't say it. We, we, you won't invite anybody to church, but you'll make for darn sure everybody knows who you're voting for and why and how why they should vote for him too. Don't say Jesus is king. We stay up late, binge watching our shows, can't wake up and spend time with Jesus. Listen to me, listen to me. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about priorities. This surface level behavior stuff's not gonna get us anywhere. I'm not keeping up with you. I'm not checking up on it. I'm not judging you. I don't know where your heart's at. I'm, that's not the point that I'm getting at. I'm asking us, you and me, us together, where are our priorities at? See, we say we've got this vision. Does our re- life reflect the vision we say we wanna live for? I'm talking about priorities. I'm talking about us. If all we prioritize are the things of this world, how are we supposed to bring the kingdom of God? Like Kanye says, I'm not mad. I'm just focused. (laughs) But honestly, let's go, church. You and me, let's go. I'm not yelling at you to get anything out of you. I just love you enough to make it worth your time to be here at church. I'd rather you leave here with your feathers ruffled than like it didn't even matter you showed up. I'd rather you leave here mad at me than like it didn't even matter you showed up. I'd rather you leave here and never come back because that guy's too legalistic than think we're not going anywhere. Just another no expectation event. Let's get hot or let's get cold. Lukewarm ain't helping nobody. If 2020 has made you colder, it's cooled down your faith, cooled down your passion, cooled down your discipline. 
I get it. I get it. I really do. I'm with you. I'm looking back on the last handful of months, and I'm seeing some ugly stuff I don't like. Got a little cold back there. Got a little cooled down for a second. It's understandable. Like, it's okay. But okay is not good enough for me. Getting a little bit colder in the midst of all of this is understandable, but that doesn't mean you have to settle for it. Doesn't mean you have to settle for it. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Waiting for COVID to go away? (laughs) Waiting for somebody to stop telling you to wear a mask? Waiting for school to get back to normal? Before what? Waiting for your old schedule to come back? I get it. (laughs) But the time is now. The time is fulfilled. The world is hungry and in a desolate place. What are you waiting for? Someone else to do something else? You give them something to eat. Let's give them something to eat. You seek God. You do it. You love your family. You love your neighbor. You be thankful for where you are. You worship past how your feelings are telling you to worship right now. You pray like you've wished you would pray someday. You start giving like you wished you would give someday. Start loving like you hope you would love someday. Just do it now. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The heavens to open and God to come down? (laughs) The time's fulfilled. He already did that. The kingdom is at hand. Believe it. Believe it. Let him change your mind. Believe it like you've wished someday you would believe God. Start believing him today. Respond to the word of God today like you would have hoped one day maybe I would start responding to God. Like, you know that person that you saw one time run to the front of the room, respond to a word from God, take a radical choice, make a crazy decision, and you thought maybe one day I would be that kind of person. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Everyone else can divide over masks and split and separate over race and hate each other over politics. Everybody else can do that. It's their life. They can do what they want. But I've got a king to serve. I've got a kingdom to bring. i got a life to give away. I don't have time to wait on everybody else. I don't have to wait on everybody else to do what God's given me to do. You don't have to wait on anybody else to do what God has given you to do. Let's wake up, church. Let's stop waiting for stuff. Let's stop waiting for things to go away. Waiting for things to change. Waiting for things to be the way I want them to be. What are we waiting for? We got to repent. Change our thinking. We got to change the way that we are thinking and believe that the kingdom of God is at hand. I want you to stand up as we close this morning. My prayer is that this would land with at least just a couple of people. I've been praying and just saying, God, I don't know if this is for everybody, but there's a few people here who need this, who need a moment and somebody to stand up in their face and say, you don't have to be the same you've always been. You don't have to wait on anything else. You are allowed to run like you've always wished you could run. If you've been waiting for permission, now's the time. If you've been waiting for permission, now's the time. If you've been waiting for somebody to tell you you don't have to wait for something else anymore, you don't have to wait till you die to get to know Jesus, now's your time. You don't have to hope on Jesus to come back before you can start seeing the world change around you because you bring the kingdom of God now. Here's your chance. This is your opportunity. 
And I'm challenging us, church. I wanna just, as I pray for us, I'm gonna talk to you like I may never come back or you may never come back. <laughs> Let's check our priorities. Last week we started talking about this. I'm over it. Overthinking about whatever the people think about it. I'm over waiting on somebody else. I'm over not giving God everything every day. I don't know how to give him everything, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna come before him and say, because he, he said, he didn't say come to me and do it all right. He said come to me and learn from me. All you are weary and heavy laden, you've been running around working as hard as you can, trying to figure this thing out so that God will love you enough so that you can see the glory of God come. Jesus says, no, just come to me. Learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm lowly at heart. I'm going to give you rest. And then you can yoke with me, which means we got work to do, but we're going to do it at Jesus' pace. We're going to do it in Jesus' direction. I don't have to run like a chicken with my head cut off, hoping my religion pleases Jesus. I get to come to Jesus. So come to Jesus, church because Jesus comes to you. The kingdom of God is at hand. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna have some of our prayer team. If uh, y'all are here, I think they're here. I don't know, anybody's. If you wanna pray for people, just come line up at the front, I don't know. I wanna challenge you to do something right now, at least in your heart, if not in your body, do something you haven't done before. Make a decision, send a text message, make a note, send an email. Step out, make a phone call, come get prayer, get on your knees, do something that makes some space for God that you've never given him space to do before because you don't have to wait for anything else. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit burning and consuming every little bit of us because the world is in a desolate place. They are hungry and we've got the bread, church. Let's be the church. This is our time. This is our moment. So Jesus, we do ask right now for a revelation that you would teach us how to believe that the kingdom of God is at hand. We, t we ask that you would teach us to heal the sick like you did. We ask that you would teach us to preach the good news like you did. We ask that you would teach us to love people like you did. We ask that you would teach us to build bridges like you did. We ask that you would teach us to set things aside that slow us down like you did. Lord, we ask that we would pray like you told us to pray. We would believe like you said we were allowed to believe. God, I'm asking right now that we would have a thing rise up inside of us and we look ourselves in the mirror and say, okay, it's not good enough anymore, I'm going in. I'm going in after God. I'm giving God everything today. I'm going to show up. God, I'm praying over the men in this room right now and in this church. I'm praying over the men online. God, I'm praying that you would convict us to the core of where we've settled for it's okay. Lord, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't sit back and wait on anything anymore, but that we would commit to one another. We would do this together. Lord, I'm praying for the women in the room that they would try to outrun us and we would just keep it going. Lord, I pray that we would try to outdo each other in doing good. We would try to outdo each other in encouraging one another. Outdo each other in faith. Why not us? Why not here? Why not now? The time is now and the kingdom is here. Teach us in Jesus' name.